It's fine. Mm. Testing, testing. You want to say testing? Testing, bitches. I got Drake's song stuck in my head. <laughs> I know. It's so fire. Anyways. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to DMP for That's My Podcast. It has been a minute. Yeah, but your girl is back. <laughs> um, you know how things go. Like, I don't know. Just feeling like a creative block and like sitting down for some reason to like record something like where I'm just like talking just seemed like so much and so I apologize for back on schedule now and I have JJ with me what's up everybody <laughs> and today um we kind of started with thinking like okay <laughs> this is the first question how many ounces grams milliliters whatever is a shot because we looked it up and it said 14 grams like 10 to 14 grams we did it like seem right yeah it doesn't seem right because we poured it out and like it was like bruh because we don't have shot glasses we'd be poor <laughs> but anyways like we don't have shot glasses so we we're using like red solo cups and uh we like poured out like what 45 grams uh, yeah, is that what you did 46. 40, 46 was like a serving or whatever because we'd be tracking our calories and all that jazz which is a whole nother episode <laughs> <laughs> jj just rolled his eyes <laughs> i hate it but um yeah so like technically we did like three mm-hmm. shots or whatever but like who knows if that was actually i would say it was like equivalent to like two yeah but Anyways, I'm just letting you know that we started off this episode with shots and we chased it with wine. Probably not the smartest idea, but... Yeah, and we are still wine drinking. Yeah. So it's going to be a good podcast. It's going to be good. But yeah, we have no, like, we have no juice, we have no soda, we have no carbonated water. Mm -hmm. So that's why we chose wine. And now it's just continuously, you know, just a slope. But it's going to be fun absolutely but anyways like this episode we're kind of get just gonna get into it and we're gonna talk about the topics like upbringing like identity and like creativity maybe we'll get to all of those but that's kind of the idea starting Mm -hmm. off so i'm gonna leave the floor open to jj okay so what's (laughs) up everybody um i actually chose this topic and it's like an interesting one um Especially for a lot of creatives, you know, we kind of base our um, our creativity off of our identity. Um, so I kind of got into this like downward spiral with, you know, figuring out why you behave the same, like the way you behave and like who influences you and stuff. So like, um, you know, I kind of did some soul searching when I was like 24 and uh, kind of understood more about myself that way. Like, I'm like, okay, why, how I was raised and stuff like that. Um, but I guess, so I want to ask some questions to Alex. Um, so, like, mm. I was going to ask, <laughs> how do you think your upbringing and like how you were raised influenced you and your decision-making? Man, you put me on the spot like that. That's dirty. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, how do you think, like, my upbringing mm-hmm. affected me mm-hmm. you said yeah i'm like how, how do you think it affected your identity i'm like who mm. you are like mm. in your the choices you make like so um example for this like and like why i got into this deep dive is because when i was 24 i was really going through it with uh school and like i was going to be like an exercise science major 
Um, I was really into fitness and like I still am, but like I never wanted really to, after like I turned a certain age, I didn't care for, for being a personal trainer anymore. And um, I felt like I needed to finish school based off of what other people expected of me. Mm-hmm. So that's why all this kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think like no matter what we think, I think like our upbringing has so much to do with like how we think nowadays and mm. like I don't know just things that we do um like I think we would like to like say that I don't know I think everybody likes to be in denial at least okay <laughs> maybe I'm projecting mm. but like I think beforehand when I would look back at like how my upbringing did affect me I think I would be very much in denial with how much it did affect me mm-hmm. um Because, like, everybody wants to, of course, think that, like, the decisions that they make and, like, what they do and how they think is, like, up to them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not anything predetermined, which it's not necessarily predetermined, but, like, um, I would say, like, the way my upbringing, like, affected me is just, like, kind of, it was just kind of like a filter. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, okay, for, like, an illustration, like, you know when you're on Visco. And you like, (laughs) you like put a photo in there, you upload it. And if you click, instead of like editing, like the photo, if you like click a filter, you know, there's only so much you can do with like the color, with Mm -hmm. the grain, with the, like with the saturation, with the brightness. Mm -hmm. If you click the color, like if you go ahead and click the filter. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of like how my upbringing, my upbringing affected me. Like, I think I'm trying to get back out where I'm like in the edit section mm-hmm. I think that's like where I feel like I'm at right now but like beforehand I feel like I had like I wasn't at the normal and then clicked edit I was mm-hmm. at like M3004 <laughs> you know now are you <laughs> yeah like I think like I definitely had like a filter on with like the world like you know like Miley Cyrus's new song like rose colored lenses and stuff like that like I don't think I had rose colored lenses with the world but like in the sense of like I just viewed it differently than like most people viewed it Mm -hmm. and like I think I had a different thought process I guess going into situations and like how I approach them yeah you know like I think um you know like one scenario like really like I don't mean to like hate on my parents I think they had did a lot of parenting like behind the scenes if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like they did a lot of parenting without realizing they were parenting but like the one scenario where they were actually parenting they like talked to me about something was like you know like so being raised as a witness you're not supposed to hang out with people that are not witnesses Mm -hmm. well I was I had like a really good friend that lived across the street from me like in the apartment complex she was like my age and it was just a different person to like talk to and hang out with and I went to school with her and like she really like stood up for me because like I wasn't like an unpopular kid in school but like at the same time like I did get bullied and like you know everybody has their own struggles like Mm -hmm. within like school and stuff like that and she was one that like always stuck by my side like she still follows me on instagram facebook all that jazz like i don't know like she's reached out to me since like she was just a good friendship Mm -hmm. she ended up stealing my crush but that's all right (laughs) uh but like in general like i just feel like uh like we used to hang out after school and that's the girl I talked to you about where I used to play GTA with her Mm -hmm. and eat the double fudge brownies or the double fudge brownie pop tart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so 
Good memory. Uh, yeah, it's very good. <laughs> like corn memory. <laughs> because like my parents like didn't keep any Pop Tart other than brown sugar. So I was like, they got different flavors. Yeah. Like say less. Mm-hmm. And like her mom, her name was like April. She was so kind to me. Like she took her took me in as like her own. But um and she had a brother and all that. And I don't know, it was just fun. Like we used to come home from elementary school. Like this was fourth grade. And like, I would just go to her house right after school. Like we get off the bus together and I'd go to her house and we eat Pop-Tarts and play GTA. Mm-hmm. And like, we got on like Omegle. Like it was so effing stupid. Mm-hmm. But um, that was also the first time that I have seen a man part. Um, <laughs> that was real. <laughs> it was wild. in fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, like other than like, you know, like, I babysat and stuff like that, but that was the first time I've seen like somebody trying yeah. to do something. You know what I mean? Is you walking on something or? You know how crazy um, Omega, Omega was. Omega you see, yeah, yeah, you know Omega how crazy too. Omega was. Somebody would just be like, "Oh, mm. I don't want to get into it because I don't want my podcast never, to be flagged or nothing." Yeah, but I was never on Omega like that. Oh, it was crazy. So like, you would like hop on, hop in a chat, and like if you chose to like stay in a chat you can but like Mm -hmm. if not like you just just get like a glimpse of whoever you're about to talk to and Mm -hmm. it's just randos and like a lot of times guys would just be sitting there like naked like ready to like jerk off or something that's so wild it is insane and we're over here nine years old Mm -hmm. like what the fuck (laughs) like so yeah it was definitely crazy i don't know if people get on Omega (laughs) like that anymore or whatever but like that was a crazy scenario i don't think i ever told my parents that situation actually (laughs) But, um, yeah, that was insane. But, like, just in general, um, good memories. But, yeah, it was, like, it was good memories. But, like, I guess going into it anyways, like, I remember she asked me to spend the night one time. Mm. And, like, I loved sleepovers growing up. Like, I think you understood that whenever I first, like, started meeting. Like, when oh I talked God. to you, it was, like, yeah. I hate being at my house. Like, at, at my parents. I hated I, being I was, at my parents. Yeah, I was the same way growing up. Yeah. And so it was like, if somebody invites you, you're like, say less. Like, that sounds so fun. Like, just Mm -hmm. getting away from, like, the normal life and getting away from that anxiety and stress. Because, like, my mom was, like, a hoarder growing up. So, like, it was really stressful for, like, my OCD. And, like, I don't think I – I didn't recognize that, like, at the time. But, like, it was just a lot having – it was overstimulation Mm -hmm. constantly. And then not ever having my own room. I never had my own time. Like – I remember I used to, like, close my closet door and, like, just sit in my closet. Mm-hmm. Like, so I had time. And, like, even then, sometimes my siblings would, like, open the closet door. Like, one time, like, my brother, like, came in while I was changing. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just crazy scenarios. But anyways, like, I was like, hey, like, mom and dad. Like, I, like, remember they are like, laying in bed together. And I was like, can I, like, spend the night, like, at Rachel's? Um, and they were like, they are like, well they're like you know we're not gonna tell you like we're not gonna say that you cannot but like they're you know they pulled like the whole religion thing which like is not probably something that most people go through with religion but like they're like how do you feel like jehovah would feel like do you feel like she's like good association what do you feel like you do with her like do you Mm. like all those things like pretty much it was like the first time i ever asked myself a question (laughs) Like, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, at least pertaining to that. Like, I think, like, I just went through life and I was just like, you know, vibe off of what you feel. Like, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, does it make me feel good or does it not make me feel good? Mm-hmm. And I think that was, like, the first time that I, like, I guess I 
they instilled like values and morals into me I guess if that makes sense like okay like I'm actually like no one else is actually in charge of like what I actually do in life it's it's myself and like how I feel but that also brought like intense guilt on me like for like my whole like yeah my whole life like because I was thinking like any mistake I made was completely on me and like which it kind of is but at the same time it's like you know mistakes are fine like Mm -hmm. mistakes happen and like I think like every time I did something wrong and stuff like that or like I don't know I, I like looked back like the other day when I was going through my phone and I saw like I was going through the notes Mm-hmm. Like, and I was just like, I think I, I don't remember if I was high or what, but like, I was stuck in those notes. And it was because, like, I was looking back at messages that I had, like, put in my notes before I sent them out. You know, those long paragraphs yeah. that you do that with. And, like, I was like, man, I was effing psycho. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not psycho, psycho, but like, I was really, I was really, really religious. Like, yeah. I legit, like, put in my notes messages to guys that I genuinely like had feelings for saying that like listen I really have feelings for you but I don't think it's a smart choice to continue to talk to you because I do have feelings for you and like we shouldn't date until we're old enough to be married and like then we should try to like do something and like all this jazz and it's like it's so insane like not that I'm angry at how my life has turned out or like where I'm at in life like mm-hmm. and like I love you so it's just like you know it's not that I'm angry with it love but it's you. like it's huh so love you too, oh thank you but it's like you know like like no wonder why guys were like running away from me like that mm-hmm. we're like witnesses and stuff like that like even because it was just like I really like I didn't feel like I put myself on this pedestal of like oh I'm holier than thou but at the end of the day like I did, like, cut, like, that moment made a big impact on me, where, like, I cut a lot of people off just because I didn't feel like, like, I was judgmental. Mm -hmm. Like, I cut a lot of people off just because I didn't feel like they were going to benefit me spiritually, Mm -hmm. because I was raised so religious, and nowadays I feel like that's something that I have to get over, is, like, my initial judgment to people and how they're yeah. going to fit into my life, I guess. Like, I automatically think about so many different things when I meet somebody instead of just kind of, like, writing it out. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the same time, I do think it's good to have a balance. Yeah. And so sure. I think that's, like, what I'm trying to figure out is, like, just a balance between all of mm-hmm. it. Ever since, like, I stopped being so religious and ever since I stopped, like, ever since I kind of stopped being in denial over, like, how, like, my upbringing did affect me. Mm-hmm. Like... But just in general, I'm talking so long, but like also just in not a religious way. Like I think like uh, my family dynamic affects me way more than I think that it does. Oh yeah. Also. Um, I, like, I understand it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more than you know. Oh my gosh. The other day I was like talking <laughs> to JJ and I was like, I don't remember like what we were talking about fully, but like I literally was like, do you think I had like daddy issues like you know you said uh you said do i have like a trauma from my father i was like i was like oh yes (laughs) yes honey yes yeah so like i think like um i'm still coming to terms with like how my upgrade my upbringing did affect me but at the same time like i do realize that like just in general i don't have a very strong relationship with any of my family so um 
I think that affects you more than like you would think it would because I think some people try to be like super hard like I know that's how I was when I was younger and like even to this day like I'm a sensitive person but at the end of the day like I will put on a whole front with my feelings unless I'm comfortable with you mm-hmm. enough to express them and like I will never tell you that like I'm down bad like never like I grew up for so many years not ever saying to anybody that I had an issue yeah and I was like really going through it like I remember just being younger and like I thought about things like why does my family not do that like why do I not have this relationship mm-hmm. like oh like I don't know like I kind of just wanted other people's lives sometimes and like I don't know like I just thought like Mm -hmm. is everything gonna be okay with me or it's like am I ever gonna have a relationship with my family you know those types of questions Mm -hmm. which those do have effect on you especially when you're realizing them whenever you're younger but you don't really know how to I think it affects you so much because you don't know how to handle the feelings and so like I think that's whenever I ended up getting on you know antidepressants and anxiety medicine because like I was feeling so much guilt with my life Mm -hmm. and feeling like I didn't have a support system and all that jazz. And I think that definitely put like a different spin on my life. But like my my upbringing has like made me who I am today. So I'm not upset about it. But at the same time, like I do realize that has affected me and my thought process with how like closed minded I used to be as well as like, um, you know, my judgment mental like how judgmental I was as well as like in general not having that family sometimes I don't know how to process like relationships correctly Mm -hmm. um because I don't feel like I had a healthy one ever growing up so I think like sometimes it takes time for me to think about like I have this in how I envision a relationship should be but like I don't actually take it for how it is because like I think at some point like I don't really have anything to go off of Mm -hmm. but yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Uh, well Um, i mean like i was i was not trying to keep on going but like yeah um so like you know when you were younger did you like base choices and how you kind of proceeded through life off of like your family's um a value of jehovah and like religion like did you like okay i'm you know, you, you like you're. I guess mm-hmm. yeah. Like you know, the expectation of like you're gonna follow like the religious area. So. Mm-hmm. I think I did, but like maybe not how most people would assume that I did. Mm-hmm. Like maybe thinking that like oh like I'm doing this for Jehovah and stuff like that. And I think like or I guess for listeners like Jehovah like I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, which is like uh, what I believe is God's name is Jehovah. So like. Um, I think like people back then in my mindset, I was like, I'm doing this for God. Like I'm mm-hmm. doing this for Jehovah, you know, mm-hmm. like my decision making. But I really like that's what was so hard for me when I got this fellowship was thinking like, was I actually doing this for God? Like, mm-hmm. did I actually believe that the Bible was real? Do I actually believe God is real? Do I actually believe all of that stuff that like I yeah. learned whenever I was younger and growing up? Like, which, like, I don't think just because I'm younger and growing, like, was growing up, like, that should automatically make it to where, like, I was just being brainwashed. Like, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, do I actually believe it? Like, yeah. um, or was it just something that, like, was it just a hope that I wanted to hang on to? Was it, like, I personally feel like I've chalked it up to, like, 
I think the decisions that I made, like, I think it did strongly affect me as much as I didn't want to admit when I was younger. I think it did strongly affect me that, like, my parents didn't ever say that they were, like, proud of me mm-hmm. and that they were, like, you're doing such a good job, you know? Yeah. I got that from, like, other people and stuff like that only whenever I was doing what the witnesses wanted me to do. Yeah. I only got that at those times when I would make those decisions that made it really hard for me, like in life. Cause like I had it a lot harder than like what some people like my, like other witnesses, like so many people, like, I don't want to say I had it a lot harder than everybody. Cause like, that's not what I believe mm-hmm. or anything like that. But like, just in general, like my friend growing up, you know, like she was like raised a witness as well. And like, we kind of talked about it in a sense of like just how different being raised a witness is Mm -hmm. but like uh versus like accepting it for yourself Mm -hmm. but like my family as religious as they were they had a lot of things holding them back from doing the activities Mm -hmm. of a witness so i had to get like rides i had to get like like, I had to set things up for myself to where I would be at the meetings, I would be out in service. Like, everything that I did was pretty much arranged by myself and needed the help of somebody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, like, I did it all because, like, I do think I did it because, like, I wanted my parents to feel like she's, like, really killing it. Like, yeah. I love her so much. Okay. Like, that is so awesome and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if I really did it because I believed that God is, like, this being watching me and stuff like that. I think at certain points I did think that because, mm-hmm. like, there's been plenty of times where no one knew what I was doing, but, like, I still felt guilt because I felt like God knew what I was doing. But, like, mm-hmm. um, it sounds, like, so stupid, I guess, sometimes whenever I say it. But, like, at the same time, it's, like, it's genuinely what I was thinking. Like, yeah. um but yeah like in worrying about like what my parents would think like Mm -hmm. i do think they affected my decisions for sure okay you um you brought up like really two good points um during your talk um the first one was being uh when did you start thinking for yourself when you started questioning everything Mm -hmm. i think that's an important pivotal moment for every individual Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you're like am i doing this because I actually want to do this or am mm-hmm. I doing this because my family wants me to do this or my religion is expecting me to do this yeah. so you talked about that um, can you touch more on that and like what was your conflictions like during that like that process because when I went through mm-hmm. that stuff um, I felt like I just was like lost I was like who the fuck am I mm-hmm. um, But because yeah. you were questioning why you were doing everything everything literally everything okay um I think that, like, I realized, like, touching back on, like, when I said, like, I arranged stuff for, like, myself and stuff like that, like, you know, like, I think I realized pretty early on that, like, because, like, like I said, that situation where I started thinking about, like, oh, I have control of my decisions was when I was nine. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty young, I guess, like, maybe. Um, so I think, like, I realized pretty early on things like that. Um, where I had control over the decisions that I was making. Like, even if somebody told me no, Mm. whatever. Because, like, I also started working when I was 14. That put a lot of, like, um, pressure, I guess, on the decisions that I made. Because that was the first time that I was, like, you know, in school, I was, like, 
I was the teacher's pet. I was I was getting straight A's. Uh, my parents had already told me, you know, like, no extracurricular activities. I was the person, like, I was the witness that, like, came in with, like, a brochure that I would give to my teacher saying, like, listen, this is why I can't stand up mm-hmm. and, like, celebrate people's birthdays. Like, I can't eat their cupcakes on mm-hmm. birthday days. Like, I can't celebrate Christmas or whatever holiday with you guys. Like, so I can't participate in putting up the decorations and doing those activities. Mm-hmm. Like, I did all that, like, for myself. And, um, so I think, like, I realized pretty early on, like, I had control over myself and, like, I, if I was going to do something with myself and with my life, I needed to be the one that was going to do it because, like, no one else is going to do it for me. But, like, mm-hmm. in general, where I started thinking, like, mm-hmm. about, um, I guess in the sense of, like, the question was mainly more of, like, when you started realizing, like, am I doing this for me? Or am I doing this for other people? I honestly don't think I ever came to that conclusion until I was disfellowshipped when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I don't think I even came to that conclusion until I was... Okay, like, I had a brief moment where I thought about it. Um, whenever I got kicked out of my parents' house and I was thinking, like... Because, like, you know, they had so much control over me at that moment. Um, getting disfellowshipped and, like, kind of cutting me off and a sense but like I was thinking like you know they have so much control over my life right now like am I doing this because I actually want to get back to being witness am I doing this so I can have my friends back mm-hmm. am I doing this so I'm just making my parents happy and that's whenever I said like listen like I don't really know what I'm gonna do but I'm gonna move out like because they said that I needed to move out if I wasn't gonna follow their direction so I was yeah. like okay, like, I'm just going to leave. Because, mm-hmm. like, I genuinely, I told them, like, I did set them down and had to have a conversation. Like, listen, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, like, genuinely, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Like, because mm-hmm. at the moment, like, I really did want to become a witness again. I did. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I was really trying to figure out the intention behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important. Yeah. So I, I think that's when I first started thinking about, like, true intention who is making the decision behind this? Like, mm-hmm. who is affecting me, I guess, mm-hmm. to make this decision? And I think when I turned about, like, 19 and, like, you know, I had that last relationship and stuff like that, like, I think when I started, like, really thinking, like, am I really happy? Like, I think that's when I really started thinking, like, I had, like, no real hobbies for myself. I didn't really know what I was doing because, like, I wasn't mm-hmm. going to all the meetings or anything like that. So I was, and I was still dating somebody that wasn't witness. So, like, I couldn't get reinstated either. So, like, I was just kind of, like, coasting. Like, I didn't really know what. Yeah. Like, I wasn't on any specific path. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking about it. Like, do I even know, like, am I even making the decisions that I want to make? Um so I think like maybe 19 was when I really thought like a little bit deeper about it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the way it affected me was like I felt lost as well. Mm-hmm. I think like because then I started questioning every decision that I had made in the past. Why did I do this? Why did I get baptized? Why did I like, uh, you know, not have these friendships? Why did I have these friendships? Mm-hmm. Um, why did I have these jobs? Like, what was the whole reason behind it? Because like. I I think, like, I got, like, severely depressed because I just felt like life was a lot. Mm-hmm. But I just was like, man, this is too much for me to think yeah. about right now. Totally understand. Yeah. And uh, 
But I think that like now, uh, just in those years, I guess, what is that? Four years Mm -hmm. or almost four years. I think that um, I've gotten a lot better at thinking about like that. And I think like the reason why I've gotten better is because like I've realized that like no matter what I had to, you always have to take responsibility for the decisions you make no matter what, Mm -hmm. um, no matter what type of influence people had on you at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think being able to accept that, like, okay, even though somebody said to do this, I chose to do it. Mm -hmm. So that's still my decision. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think like going forwards, thinking about situations for myself before I go to people. I think that was like the biggest thing for me and mm-hmm. making it to where I wasn't like depressed about it and stuff like that because it's like okay I can actually trust myself because I'm not making the decision based off of other people I might because like then I started thinking am I making any decision for myself but I started thinking like okay I I came to my own type of conclusion but I'm still gonna talk to other people with an open mind based off of what yeah. they say but like that way it's not necessarily somebody else is making a decision because you still thought about it beforehand and like mm-hmm. came to your own type of viewpoint and opinion yeah and i think that helped me a lot um yeah i don't know hopefully that answered your question no i did you went really into detail uh, <laughs> so sorry. Uh, we talked about that like the last part too and like uh kind of like having your own perspective before you kind of communicate with us, someone else mm-hmm. um that's such an important aspect the other thing I was going to bring up uh, that you kind of cued me like to think about was mm-hmm. um, when we get praised for certain areas, it usually kind of becomes a really, um, uh, what's it called, foundation for who we are. So mm, That's a good point. So like you were praised every time you did something really good with religion. And so like, did you, like when you're growing up and just in general, like when you're kind of building who you are did you kind of did you go off into any other area where you were praised or was it just solely like when you were doing things for jehovah and religion or that's a good question (laughs) um i think that i really didn't really go into anything other than like uh anything other than religion because like uh my good grades didn't really give me praise. I felt good about myself because I was yeah. doing good. Um, and then I wasn't allowed to do sports. Like, I got praise for sports, like, doing, like, practices, like, in school. Mm-hmm. But, like, my parents never allowed me to do extracurricular activities. So I never really was allowed to get praise through that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, I honestly didn't get that much praise. So I think, like, I think I thought religion was the best way I was going to get it because those that was my support system Mm -hmm. and then I think I started thinking in ways of like what is going to make me happy I think I started thinking about where do I have control Mm -hmm. and I didn't really feel like I had control over a lot of my decisions but I knew I had control over like I was I had very low self-esteem growing up um so like I knew I couldn't control necessarily like my face or whatever you Mm -hmm. know if I had acne or whatever but like I knew I could control my body to a certain extent so like that's when I started getting a lot into um exercise Mm -hmm. I think like that was really the only thing that I really deep dived into like also like 
I mean, I tried really getting into music. Like, I tried playing guitar a lot. Like, yeah. when I was young, I did a lot of that and, like, different fun stuff, like, like longboarding. But, like, when it came to, like, really devoting a lot of time to something, I really think, like, exercise was the only type of other thing that I did. And that's because, like, I could give praise to myself for mm-hmm. it. I could see the validation on the scale. I could see the validation in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, my, okay that is like something I can control and something that I can see the results. Yeah. And so I think that was really the only other thing that I really got into. Yeah, that's the better word for it, uh, validation. That's the word I was looking for. That's, yeah, yeah. It's so good. Um, you know. Terms with like when you felt like you realized like the different things that have affected you. Um, yeah. If that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so like it's crazy because like you know you're hearing your background and stuff it's like it's really different from mine but at the same time like we still go through like similar things so yeah I think that's very interesting um you know I grew up in South Bend for a little bit and then moved to a small town in Argus but um with my family and stuff um being like from South Bend and kind of being right you know being raised there I learned and like like the culture I grew up in is like you know it's the one I'm most familiar with and like when I moved to Argus, um, I had to kind of like, like change, like how I, like just everything was different at school. Like out, like you know, when, as soon as I left the house, uh, I was like, I just had, I felt like I had to be a certain way. But um, was it because like, different people? Yeah, like, like, you know, or what? like a predominantly white town. Like mm-hmm. you, you've been there. Uh, yeah. Like, so, so South Bend is not like that. No, South Bend is not like that. Because like, I've never been to South and, Bend. And, like, the thing was, like, I grew up with, like, family that was, like, you know, mixed, black. So, like, I was yeah. more around my family and stuff like that. So, like, uh, the culture there was, like, it just felt that that's home. You know, that's, it still is. Um, and so, like, when I moved to Argus, like, my home was like that. Like, it was, like, like home. But then, like, when I'd go out, it would be different. Um, over time, though, like, which you you said something that kind of really resonated with me a lot was that eventually you got to that point where like you kind of like would leave your house because it was no longer like a place of like like peace for you essentially kind of you know, sure. like you said like the, your mom's um hoarding kind of it really got to you yeah it was um, like never a piece of uh, never peace for me yeah okay yeah so so my situation was uh just family drama like my mom and my brother were kind of always at each other mm-hmm. so like I don't know when, like, this started more becoming a, a thing. I think it was obviously when I got older, but um, at certain points in time, I just kind of just stayed away from home. It was just, like, I, I think it was because of the fact that you were just doing more in general, but also, like, it's, like, it's just, it was just drama. And um, one of my best friends, his family life, it, it was, like, other people's family's drama is, like, not your drama. So, like, I'd always, like, go to people's houses and be chilling. And, like, I, it, it's not like they didn't have any drama, but it was, like, I didn't have to deal with it. So. Yeah, it was low maintenance. <laughs> yeah, it was low maintenance. Like, I didn't care. Like, as soon as I left their place, I was like, oh, it didn't matter. Yeah. But, like, uh, so, like, I did the same type of thing where I would, like, kind of not be at home the entire day. And, like, I'd go back home and just, like, be in my room just chilling. And, like, now that I'm older, I, I do see that I did a lot of disassociation like, yeah, with, like, just different things. Yeah. But um, uh, what we're talking about, like, um, I did feel like I had like a lot of pressure to be successful. Um, you know, I think everyone mm. does, especially mm. just 
millennials, Gen Z, everyone was like pressure to be something or do something. Um, my family, like, I felt like the pressure was to go to school and like kind of mm-hmm. get a degree. And it was also like, I put that pressure on myself, put that like the same, like that, oh, I have to get a degree. Um, when I was younger, I was really into fitness. I was really into bodybuilding. And uh, I found that like, success in that. So like, that's something I just really stuck with. Mm-hmm. And then- That was like where you got your validation. Yeah, it was, exactly, it was where I got my validation. And um, I was just good. I was like, I'm, a, I'm, I was naturally athletic and I wasn't like, crazy skillful in any particular sport. Cause I, I didn't really care to put the time in with that stuff, but I did care to put the time in with like weightlifting. Um, so like I did, you know, play basketball and I played soccer. Um, and like those sports were great. Like they definitely helped kind of just with like that aspect of life and just recreational and stuff. But um, I, I just felt, I found myself always going to the weight room and consistently being there cause I had two mentors. Uh, one was after school and then there's another uh, mentor that was my teacher. And um, then yeah. you just like view them as mentors or yeah. were they actually like considered your mentors? Like, so I viewed them as mentors. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they, they would talk to me like I feel like more than other individuals just like guide me but like it's a validation thing I got the most validation from those two people and like you know me needing like a father figure like I looked up to them like that mm-hmm. and so like I it just like it just fueled uh, the, the weight room more like you the know fire. I was, yeah I was just like I was in there grinding like if I was like if I wasn't working the hardest and I was like I don't know I just like I had a high standard set for myself for no fucking reason but um yeah so like that kind of shaped where i wanted to do what i wanted to do and i was like oh i want to be a personal trainer because this makes sense because i'm actually good at working out and stuff yeah and uh over time i kind of like started becoming more creative and like i never like really tapped into that stuff um the creative things my mom is uh really good at drawing my family's like the like creative but like it was never like expressed like all the time so I wasn't always around it but mm-hmm. um, when like my mom would draw I, she's phenomenal and my brother too but like, I never like, was like let me just sit down and draw because like, I'll be like doodling like some stupid ass sketches like a stick figure <laughs> but uh, I love your smiley face <laughs> yeah yeah but um yes yeah, so, like um I came to like that, that like identity crisis like when I was like 23 and I you know, went to the Navy, came back and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do personal training and like exercise science. And like, I just fucking hated it. Like I was over it. Um, was there ever a point when you're in school and you're like, oh, this is like, this is what I want to do. Or honestly, when you started school, you're just kind of like this. I mean, I'm glad that I'm in school, but you're like, I have no interest in this. The, the part where I really enjoyed it was like the beginning, the initial, when I was like a freshman and stuff. Just something new. Yeah, something new, something like it's new environment, new people, everything's new, um, you're learning still. And like that was cool, but like, um, I, I think w- once I did the Navy stuff and like learning more about medical things and all that stuff, like it just, that, it just seemed boring to me. Um, I don't know. I just, it just, yeah, it just seemed boring. It, yeah. still, it still does now. And you know, my viewpoint on that stuff. Yeah. Um, so like I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and I was, you know, questioning myself on like, why am I still doing this? And like, I even convinced myself to keep on going with school, even though I, I really hated it. Like, uh, and like, I just, uh, some things like happened with like, you know, like not working out of like my military experience and not 
helping push me further along in school where it would help me get my degree faster mm-hmm. and it just like it's, it made the process even longer and um with me battling of like why am I even doing this anymore and like I felt like I needed to fulfill an expectation that I thought my family set on me but yeah they really didn't honestly um so I, like I started doing like some like soul searching on like why I was doing the things I wanted to do and all that stuff um and like I kind of I started learning more about a little bit of psychology stuff and like there's I want to talk about this thing we, we talked about this a lot but um how there's like a psychology like um experiment where it's called the white lo- a white a lab coat um experiment where there's a, a study of individuals that are given white lab coats and there's two groups one group is told that the white lab coat is a doctor's uh, coat. Another group is told that the coat is an artist's uh, coat. Yeah, um, the experiment, like the two groups, they're they're given a set of tasks, and the the group that's explained that their coat is a doctor's coat, they perform better, just because of the relationship with the coat and their. The, it's like, oh, mm. I'm this high and mighty person versus like they have artists. more confidence yeah they have more confidence and stuff so um this like psychology um experiment kind of just like express it's uh it's called um cloth and cognition um so it basically talks about what you wear can affect your psychology so but yes so um when i was doing my like soul searching and deep diving i was like okay you're what, like wanting to lay out clothes and- yeah i was like Understanding what I wore affected how I would feel, and it also understood more about my environment and how I would feel. So who I surround myself with, and like, uh, like my family, and stuff like that. Like, what they've done. Okay, so we just recorded like forty minutes worth of like more podcasts and conversation, and soundtrap is trash and so it deleted like everything that we were just talking about so excuse if our like uh like attitudes are as peppy and stuff but uh yeah gonna try to kind of like recreate kind of like what we were just talking about and make sure we like don't leave as much uh, like information and tips as we can going forward but um, kind of just trying to like go back to like what you're just talking about um, from the previous file so it's like um, it was just kind of like a quick question based off of like what you kind of talked about at the beginning whenever you're talking about like your family mm-hmm. and like growing up like where do you feel like that kind of when like you're mom and like your family didn't really necessarily like say that you needed to do all this stuff but you just kind of like put it like yeah uh, but you still felt it yeah um in general I felt like I put that on myself but then like my my mom like okay this is actually good stuff too um my mom always viewed me as like the good the good kid out of me and my brother because my brother was always doing stupid shit. So like, I just feel like I kind of didn't have any room to make mistakes. Mm. Uh, that's actually a little deep dive right there. But Yeah. Um, so 
uh, from that, it probably continued on and like, like just molded me into who I was and I am, um, of like, just kind of straight arrow, do everything, you know, to be on like a good path, which is good. It's not, it's not nothing wrong with doing that, but also like, it's okay to make mistakes. But, um, yeah, so I think every family kind of has like a situation with that. And, um, with my upbringing, I kind of put that responsibility on myself to kind of take care of my family and stuff. Um, but the thing yeah. I was going to ask you is how did you get into creativity and like from your situation, from your, your upbringing, when did you start being creative? Um, well, like I kind of like what we talked about was like pretty much like I always had like creativity, like kind of in me, I guess, in the sense of like, you know, from the get go, I think I was just always told growing up, like whether it was like through church or through school, through my job, I always had like a uniform in the sense of like what I could and couldn't wear. Mm. And so like, I always craved that freedom when it came to my clothes. So when it came to like the clothing and style aspect of it, Mm. like that's definitely like where my creativity, like I think like stemmed from where I just always wanted to do something, you know, I always try to do, do what I can. And like, I always got hand-me-downs with my sister, you know, like we're very different in like what we look like and stuff like that. Just in general, like even when we were kids, like we've just always had different like body types and like everything. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, like the clothes that she had didn't really like fit me, like how I wanted them to fit me and stuff like that. So it's just like, you know, and then, like, when my, I would go shopping, my mom would try to, like, dictate, like, what I would get because, like, you know, she was going to, like, they were going to buy it. But at the same time, she was, like, you know, she wanted that control and stuff like mm-hmm. that. She knew what I wanted. Like, she knew what she wanted me to look like. Mm-hmm. So, like, I always wanted to do something different with it. So, like, um, I think that's where I craved that and, like, tried to work that in. And then, like, whenever... uh like too, like I realized very early on in life that like I was never really good at expressing my feelings like out loud, mm. I guess. So like writing was always like my outlet. And like, I always tend to like journal in like poetry instead of just like kind of like writing. Like mm. I always tend to do like kind of things like that. And like, that's kind of always how I've written. So I think I've always had like creativity in my bones, but I think like it took me a minute to feel like I could express it. I think, like, having that new fresh start with, like, moving targets mm-hmm. is, like, you know, I didn't have those preconceived, like, judgments of, like, what I was supposed to be like. Because, yeah. like, no one knew me. So, uh, I think it took time. You know, like, we talked about, like, how I, like, dressed for my interviewee. Mm-hmm. Like, or the person interviewing me. Like, I dressed, like, how she dressed. So, like, I looked her up on Facebook. So, like... You know, it was just kind of yeah, like... which is it's super smart, honestly. It's like, I mean, you have that, like, in you of, like, oh, you crave, like, someone that's similar to you in some aspect, even mm-hmm. though you don't realize it's, like, subconscious. So, like, you know, once I got past, like, that initial, like, wave of, like, trying to, like, impress, mm-hmm. I think, like, eventually, like, I really got into expressing myself in that type of way. And, like, you had, like talked about like how you had like a huge impact on me in that way of like you know like I it's not that you made me 
believe anything that I wasn't, that I didn't already believe, but you like really made me feel comfortable enough to express that. And like, I don't know, like, I feel like you made me feel no guilt for like my style and who I was and what I wanted to say in a lot of aspects. And I think that really like made me feel nice because like that really wasn't something that I necessarily got beforehand. Well, we kind of, I think we like, we might not have covered everything that we kind of like talked about because we kind of missed like a lot of mm. material. Like we just went on tangents and stuff like that where it's like, oh, I think I did have another question before we got into tips. Mm. I was asking about uh, why you stayed doing something that you didn't want to do for so long. Yeah. Like with yeah, school. That was, that was a good tangent. Yeah. And like I brought up. Um, for me, it was like fear, fear of failure. Um, yeah. I stayed on a path that I kind of had some type of control in. I knew like the outcome of things, you know, like I think that's a lot of times where we kind of, we stay on like in certain areas, even if it makes us unhappy because we know that there's a certain outcome. Um, with like uh, dropping out of school or just taking on a new venture, Sometimes it can be exciting, but a lot of times it can be uh, based on the fear. And uh, for me, like I was like, yeah, I was. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I didn't know what I was gonna like. Like, I was trying to figure out, you know, how I can build a career out of like wanting to, you know, do fashion and stuff like that. So that was uh, my situation, and I eventually got to it where I, I trusted myself enough. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm proud of that, but it took some time and it took some support. No, I understand that. And I think we talked about, too, like, how, like, you know, like, school, you don't really, like, you don't get that freedom. Mm-mm. Like, uh, no one's, like, I don't know, they give you one option. We actually talked about that in the car the other day. Yeah, no. Like, where it was, like, you know, it's crazy how the world, like, the way that at least the states works, where it's, like, if you don't follow one path, it's like, you don't get to see other paths. Yeah, they don't give you the perspective of, like, there's other things you can do. Yes, yes. Oh, you don't need to go to college. You don't need to do that. You can do this. Exactly. And I think it's important to uh, educate people on, like, like the different paths they can go on. Um, But, yeah. For sure. Um, Tips. So, this is an important thing. Like, I think... Uh, just with this whole like podcast is kind of more informational but uh, something I learned like recently is like to evaluate how you're measuring yourself and like measuring your success and the things that are important to you so um, Alex said earlier on like don't base your success off of validation it's not a great way to <laughs> measure if you're doing good or if you even enjoy something just because like you're getting praised for it from external factors um, really take time to kind of look internal and like figure out whether you like it and whether you know it's making you happy and um, if you're good at it it's like okay yeah it's gonna come easier more natural but also another situation where I was speaking with a friend recently and he was struggling with something because he's he's intelligent and he was uh, trying to grasp a new concept um, but it was taking him a lot longer than normal. And uh, he kind of expressed his, like, uncertainty with that. And um, I just was trying to remind him, like, with uh, anything, 
you're usually just going to suck at the beginning. It's going to, you're not going to be great. It's going to take some time to get to that level, but just be confident in the process. For sure. What about your tips? Oh, that was good. Uh, I think just allowing yourself to, first of all, like think deeper about things, like ask yourself those internal questions, like why you're doing something and like do it as early as possible. So like you don't look back on your life and like kind of have that like where you feel lost because you're like, oh, what decisions have I actually made? I don't know. Mm. Like, sorry guys, I'm like so stuffed up right now. (laughs) But it's like, uh, you know, like just like take that time to really contemplate and reflect and really like dig deeper into your personal feelings and thoughts like really like look at your life and be like is this where I want to be and if it's not that's okay but make sure that you're making those decisions to get to where you want to be instead of just accepting that and just being continuously going down a hole and then I think the other thing is like just make sure that you're figuring out some type of way to express yourself and like for us that's like by being creative but like you know it could be talking to somebody and then it also could just be you know using that creativity as well like maybe expressing yourself is how you dress or what you write or what you listen to or you know like anything like I feel like people try to put limits on like how to express yourself and like what ways are correct and there's really not like a correct way to do it it's just like okay like what makes you feel good and what makes you feel like you're getting that energy I guess out of you that makes sense like it's not really something that I said before Mm -hmm. but like I feel like that's like what I feel like when I'm expressing myself it's like I feel like it's almost like allowing this weight to be like get off of you Mm -hmm. and putting that energy transferring it to something else so I definitely think that's like I don't know tips tips and tricks cheat codes yeah Saints Row (laughs) But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, sorry if like the ending was like a little bit like interesting, but um, we did what we could with you know how technology is, you know. But um, hopefully, it was like I don't know. You're a real one if you stay till the end because this is gonna be a long one. So mm-hmm. appreciate you, and thank you for being on the podcast for real and for like you know redoing parts of it with me. Thanks appreciate for you. Me. It's that tone again. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it felt like you really, like you had a lot of good questions. You were like guiding the podcast for sure. So appreciate you. Appreciate you. But thanks everybody and uh bye.